Welcome to the One Up Sales Development Podcast, a podcast for newly emerging revenue leaders, whether you're in sales, marketing, or customer success. We're here for one thing and one thing only to drive revenue. This one goes out to all the hustlers out there on the phones each and every day, slugging it out. Whether you're adding net new logos, expanding revenue from your soul base, or renewing existing accounts, it's all about working as one cohesive team towards one cohesive goal. Cross functional sales team. So if you're new and you want to be a top funnel sales dev strategist, then you better put in the work and act like one. Digital marketing, act like one. Customer success, act like one. To be the bro, act the role. I'm your host, Jackson Lil, a top funnel revenue growth leader and an everyday frontline practitioner. This podcast is brought to you by the SDU community. Sales dev, you know. SDRs, you know. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. All right, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the One Up Sales Development Podcast. For our next guest we have here is truly someone special. You know, I've been following this individual for quite some time, even before we even get connected. And, uh, you know, I was watching her content and the way she engages with the community. And I was like, okay, I got to get this person on. And once we connected and times came right, I said, you know, she, we got to get on to share her story. She worked her way up the ranks, really started out in banking before making this uh, horizontal jump, so to say. And once she did, she started getting a lot more involved with the community and just really giving back and really happy to have her here to come on and share her story. Please give us a, a, round, uh, a round of applause for the one and only Mrs. Carissa Jones, Director of Sales of Chispa House. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jackson. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Carissa, um, welcome to the One Up Sales Development Podcast. Thank you for being here. You know, uh, really happy to have you to come and share your story and your content out there. It's actually, it's pretty good too. So uh, thank you for coming on to share your story and let others know what's possible, especially being a female in sales. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no I think I think it's really incredible though really what you've got going on and how you're kind of helping shape the future of sales sales leaders and I think uh, this is fantastic and so I, I'm so excited that you asked me to join you and you know see what we can do to help folks out so thanks yeah absolutely you bet so Chris without further ado why don't we go ahead and just get straight to it um, who who you are and what do you currently do yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, um, for me, my journey to sales is a little funny. It, it, it had nothing to do. I had never started out in sales. And um, I guess if you wanted to call, I initially worked in the restaurant industry. I did that all through school. When I got out, I still did it. I, I double dipped from my banking job. And I also at night would go work um, back in the restaurants. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. So I guess that's kind of the only version of sales I did for quite some time. Um, but really for me, you know, um, so right now I work for Chispa House. We are humanity focused filmmakers. And basically what we do is we help organizations, we accelerate their growth um, using video. And so that helps them boost like their sales, recruitment, culture, and communication. Um, and so really what we're looking to do is really just find a way to connect information and emotion um, and capture that cinematically so we can share the spark in the organization. Um, but my journey to Chispa House 
it, it was a very untraditional one. I think, um, and, and maybe this is how a lot of a lot of it goes, you know. And I think that that's just it. Part of it is understanding that along the way, what you think that your journey is going to look like, it will probably vary significantly from what you think it might look like, and that's okay. Um, you know, for me, so I graduated in 2008. Um, it was a horrible time to graduate. I would imagine it's much like graduating now um, in some ways. Um, <laughs> horrible time. I got out. I had all these great ideas, Jackson, you know, of what I thought I would be doing. And, you know, I'd be working at these fantastic companies in these big cities. And um, the reality was, is it was like when I graduated, I ended up staying locally in Auburn. So I'm located in Auburn, Alabama. Um, my husband at the time, I guess he was my boyfriend at the time, fiance at the time. And so he had, he had started school a little bit later. And so ultimately um, we ended up staying here for a couple of years unexpectedly, which um, it's just something that you don't necessarily think about when you think about how you're going to start your career. So I ended up in banking I tried to just, you know, find a job. And so for me, I started in banking, um, a couple different jobs along the way, started, started real low, started as a teller, you know, and um, it was a fantastic experience. And so I think, um, you know, really finding ways, you know, so it's teller, vault teller, financial service specialist, you know, ended up making a little a side move, going to another bank, doing a similar thing um, in the customer service representative side. Um, and really had a chance there to just, I guess, really focus on the fundamentals. Like at the end of the day, it's about building relationships. And so that's one of the things that gets me. And that's if you want to know about Carissa and what does she like to do, Carissa likes to build relationships. And so it was one of the things I enjoyed the most about my banking career. Um, but, you know, my, along the way, when I was there, we had a, um, one of my former professors she actually recruited me back to come work for a marketing agency. Um, we had kept in touch over the years. And so she, I came back to be a project manager of um, a marketing agency. So we did it on the business to consumer side, did that for a couple of years, and then we rebranded and ultimately did business to business. And I had never really explored the B2B industry before. And um, it was a really exciting place to be. Um, but also in doing that, it's full of men. There's so many men in B2B. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, figuring out how to work in the man's world. And I think that that's something that I've really enjoyed and embraced. And I'm not afraid of it. And I would encourage anyone, especially young females, don't be afraid. Find out who's doing it really well and go pick their brain, you know, sit down, watch their ways. What are they doing to be successful? care if it's a man it's a female pick all of them who's doing it the right way and mirror those behaviors and I think you'll see what you're looking for oh oh my god there it is Carissa Jones right off the bat with that heat I love that you know you mentioned find who's doing it best pick their brains pick all their brains and mirror it um, you know, I just want to piggyback on something on that real quick. And that's like every new SDR and BDR who comes into the game that always asks us for help. That's one thing we always tell them. We're surprised to hear that from you. And <clears throat> we call it uh, mixing the potion like a witch. Like, you know, on Halloween, we said, look, what you really want to do is you want to pick everyone's brain 
mix that potion in a pot, throw everyone's potion in there along with yours, but do not forget yours because that's what makes you you. And that's where you get your own specific twist. So kudos to you. That was fantastic. We, <clears throat> Chris, I want to dive deep, a little bit deeper on it. So you start out at a restaurant, right? What kind yeah. of restaurant was this? Uh, tell us more. So <laughs> I'm a chili head. So I worked for Chili's for a very long time. I actually did it um, when I lived in Florida. We did that for a couple of years. And then when I, when I moved to Auburn, they had one. And I was like, I'll just transfer. So what I would do is during the summers, I would work at one. And then I would, and the, on breaks and um, I guess breaks and then during the year, I would just alternate. So I could really continue the same thing, but two different companies. And it worked super, super well with my schedule. Um, and it just worked out really well, but it definitely, I spent a good stint there. Um, after I graduated from school though, I ended up, I wanted to do something just even more fun. And I know I probably should have taken it like a different level, but for me, it was more about just the fun that you could have and chatting with different people. So I thought it'd be a lot of fun to go work for a pizza company. And so I did. And so I was slinging pizza for a couple of years and it was, it was probably one of the most fun times I've had. Um, and it was just a really great way at the end of the day, if you wanted just to make a little money at the same time while having a good old time, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so this, uh, <clears throat> you said it's chili place. It's chili and pizza or. No, no, no. So I worked at Chili's. 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 Okay. Chili's fast food chain. Did that or not say, not fast food, but casual dining chain. <laughs> God. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Fantastic. Um, how long were you doing this? And you mentioned you were, uh, when you started as a teller, you were on and off in that, right? You're doing that yep. on the side and then teller. Okay, perfect. Yeah, basically what I would do, you know, so like I told you, so I graduated in 2008. Like, this is not like my perfect ideal of what I wanted to do as a job, but, you know, I started, I needed to have a job and find, I think that's the most important piece of advice. And so for me, I would say don't spend a ton of time necessarily trying to find a perfect job when you first get out. Find something relatively quickly that you can learn and it, that does of some level interest you if possible, right? And use that as a building stone, a foundation, you know? What is it you like? What is it you don't like? And take that and leverage those skills to the next one. You know, what is it you like and don't like about this? And keep doing it that way. I think that that's the most important thing um, I wish I had known, you know, along the way for me is, you know, how do you take those experiences? And even if it's not exactly where you want to be, that's okay. You know? So. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. There you go. Carissa, um, <clears throat> so a lot of people, you know, when they get into the space or when they're just starting school, they, they never really say like, hey, look, um, I'm going to be in sales. There's a small amount of number there is, especially now with like the booming of the word, you know, tech sales and stuff. But where was it for your turning point to the point where you knew that, hey, look, I'm just going to give it a shot and I gonna want to really want to do sales because we know you, you, you worked at Chili's, but that's, if you think about it, I mean, it's also sales, right? It's front face-to-face -face engagement, relationship building, and just narrowing down, hey, um, Chris, it's my first time here. Uh, what do you recommend? <laughs> yeah absolutely well yeah so definitely like I, I bring that up because I feel like everybody has a start somewhere and um you know I worked in banking for a while but then I got recruited to a marketing agency and I was there for six years and so in that time at the marketing agency we had a couple of salespeople come in and out 
Um, and it was one of those things that was pretty technical. And I feel like you had to have a general knowledge of kind of what was going on just to really be able to speak with your customer. And so I kind of just fell into the role. It wasn't like I was looking for it. Um, we did it a couple of times and I ended up just filling the position and it was something I really enjoyed. Um, it was, you know, I did a lot of trade shows when I was um, at the agency up until I guess, what, not, not last year, but the year before I did probably about 15 trade shows. And so it's wow. a, a really big part of what I like to do. And it was a lot of fun to me. Um, I refer to trade shows a little bit like speed dating, <laughs> um like you get to, to go yeah. yeah i mean so here's the thing there's two different ways you can do a trade show right one you can go you can sit in a booth and you can wait for people to come to you that's not me <laughs> so right. i prefer the other method of you know just kind of going from booth to booth to booth and just seeing what they're all about you know seeing if we can start a conversation having them talk a little bit about their product and then you know seeing if there might be a fit you know um it, but the beauty of that is it's like speed dating. So if it doesn't work out the next first booth, get the next one, and then to the next one, and to the next one. Eventually you'll get where you need to go. You know that they're all within a general fit. They could potentially be within a fit um, for what you're looking to do. And so to me, it's a fantastic way to do it. I love doing that. Um, nice. But obviously with, with COVID and the pandemic, had a shift. So you know, what does that look like? How do you change that? And so for me, it's been really instrumental in finding those leaders who are, who are showing different ways to engage with those prospects. How do you meet those people who, especially, um, you know, in B2B, they might not have been as savvy, you know, when it came to, like, when it comes to technology. And so, um, you know, Zoom calls might, you know, for a while, that was a very uphill battle trying to see if I can get them to do that. But now it's a different story. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, Got to make the pivot and the switch, right? <clears throat> like for some, like they even wonder, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny, like uh, it's, it's so sad today for some are still battling today. Like they still haven't figured how to Zoom yet. So <laughs> that being said, um, Krista, so pre-COVID, uh, and I've been to several events for so we want to pick your brain on this right you talk about speed dating and this is a really 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 good strategy because I heard from a specific sales group before that to say one of the best thing you can always do is always keep on grabbing a small bite here and a small bite there and a small bite there so what it is that you could go down grab your food just sit down next to someone randomly just spark up a conversation and go back and forth so let's say we go back to events what kind of tips would you have for these individuals to maximize in terms of speed dating? Like what, what do you look for? What kind of conversation? How would you know when to pull out and not be like person that's like, oh, this guy just came and qualified me and just took off? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that the most important thing is, you know, like I told you, so I like to build relationships. And I think that's the most important place to start. So if you can't have a couple, if, if, if I just walked up and I'm just wanting to come up to do, oh, here she comes, marketing girl. And she's wanting to do like, if I came up with that approach, you're not going to want to have anything to do with me. And so I think that that's the most important thing is realizing that translates, whether you're at a trade show and you're walking up and they know that you're marketing 
or whether you're on the phone. Like I think that, you know, realizing initially that you have to have that, establish that trust before you can ever have talk about business. And I think that that's one of the most important things I guess I was able to learn, you know, by going to the different shows and have, because basically you didn't get a chance to have a conversation otherwise. So you have to figure out a way to build and start a conversation softly and, you know, engage with them. How's it going? Like what, you know, like what's the show look like today? I mean, you know, or you, depending on where they're from, I mean, find something, some sort of commonality or something. If you, and you can tell, are they willing to have a conversation? Are they not? And if they're not, realize you're not a fit for everybody. You can't win them all. Wish them best of luck. You know what I mean? Not really, but you know, you have a great day and then go on your merry way. Detach from the outcome. Just because they don't want to talk to you doesn't mean they don't like you. But regardless, just it, it's okay, you know. And I think that that is a big, a big lesson. Whether it's on the phone, whether it's on a Zoom call, whether it's in person, you can't really take it personally. And it's been especially for me. I like. I feel like I want to establish the relationship first, and so um, finding a way to realize it's not personal. Um, it is personal and that you would like to establish that relationship with them and kind of go from there, but realize that like at the end of the day, it's just business. And so you don't, don't worry about that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Building relationships <laughs> that that's, that's where it's at, right? You got to <laughs> build relationship and earn the trust before you can really dive into and push forward. Um, you know, Chris, I, I want to dive a little bit deeper on this. So in sales development today, uh, SDR, BDRs, one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest gaps, really, um, it's building relationships. You know, they're constantly hitting people off the bat. There's way too much automation going on. Um, you know, there needs to be an increase in personalization and relevancy, right? Uh, so how can a rep, you know, take your fundamentals and philosophy and somehow, some way build relationships before even trying to reach out. How do you have any tips there? Yeah, I think that one of my favorite platforms, I mean, LinkedIn's huge and I, and I caution you to use it appropriately. I think that a lot of times people like to go on LinkedIn and I've been one of those in the past. So coming from experience, right? Did it the wrong way and I had to learn that that's not how it's done. Um, but you know, reaching out to people who you like to, like to engage with, but like, what is it that makes them tick? Like they talk all about themselves and their profiles. What do they like to do? Are there any commonalities? You know, and when you reach out, specifically tell them why you want to reach out, not because you're here to sell your product, but instead you really, you like that they like some bourbon, like let's talk about bourbon or whatever it is, right? Like if they tell you on those profiles, their interests, find a way to find the commonalities. And then from there, that's where you get to show on a regular basis, your personality on LinkedIn. I think take advantage of that. Show them like who you are. People buy into who you are. And I think that if you can do that and engage and kind of show them along the way, like what you are before they ever have a chance to have to hear a pitch from you, um, don't be like the let's connect and pitch. And I think that's definitely <laughs> something that happens a lot on the platform, which gets a bad rap. So use it the right way. And I think you'll find that you'll get a lot further where you want to go. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, 
defines what ticks, right? People like to talk about themselves. They do. It's true. It's all over it. And just do it right. That The connecting pitch. I don't know why it's still here today. I'm sure you get it all the time, right? Absolutely. Still to this day. Just connect off the bat. Hey, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Want to see a demo? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's irrelevant, Can I get time calendar? Krista, I know we scheduled for 30, but I just want to do a time check. How are we doing on time on your end? Okay, perfect. Um, before we, we move into the next question, there's something I want to ask you real quick. So that's this is exactly why I really want to bring you on. And the reason why is because you're a big advocate when it comes to building relationships, right? And uh, where you at right now, especially with video. But what really caught my eye is you're a big uh, philosopher and belief when it comes to tying in emotion. And when you tie in emotion with relationship building, especially through either it's, if it's video or audio, and if you do it in the right way, it really, really breaks through the noise. Talk to us about that. You know, so one of the big things I think that we like to do, we like to say we like to connect information and emotion. You can connect, get that buy-in emotionally from someone. Um, I, I believe that they buy into your why. So what is your why? And can you can you explain that really well? You know, um, for us at Chispa House, our, our mission is to help creatives get paid. And it's not just us. So anytime we go to a, a, you know, on a shoot, whether that's in Washington, whether it's in California, Texas, what we do is we bring in our team. So we have a, you know, we bring in our production, our production assistants, and we've planned everything out. And then we hire locally. So we take a team in that local area and we help create projects for them. So, you know, it's not just about us, you know? Yes, we take the you know, we take the, uh, you know, the video that we get from them, the film that we get from them, we pull it all back and we do that in house, but how are you giving to others? How are you helping others? And so that's one of our big whys, you know, and for me, I think that's really important. And I think that if you can't find your why within your organization, you can't figure out what it is that helps make it tick. I encourage you to explore that further and figure out what exactly is your passion and your purpose. Because if you can't find that, it's going to be a struggle to sell your product. Oh my God, that was amazing. Find your why. It's like Simon Sinek, right? People, people don't buy what you do. People buy why you do it. You know, people don't exactly. buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And that's, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head right there. You know, there's too many reps out there who just really just goes out. And, you know, I, I, we get it, right? Especially if you're new, you, you really don't have much of an option. You kind of, uh, uh, you know, you kind of uh, have the underhand. It's like, you, hey, dude, I, I just, I got to get started, get some experience. But for those who does have experience, some of them, um, they got to start thinking more of long term. Right. Some of them like just do it. Hey, look, uh, just because I'm getting like 15K here, 20K more, I, I'm just going to go with this company. But it right. doesn't really align with that and don't have the why. And that's just like a losing formula from the start. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Chris, there's something I want to just chat with you and just get your thoughts on this. And, you know, we uh, I, I told you right off the bat about the, the one of the big reasons why we want to bring you on and really is to empower you know, the female in sales. So when it comes to sales and sales development, I, I guess it's something that's just across the board. You know, like I, 
we truly believe females are undercredited in the sales world and community. And that's just given you look at the statistics, like male versus females when it comes to like leadership roles. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, have you experienced anything within your career to the point where you're like, oh man, you know, just because I'm, I was a female, then, you know, it was this specific outcome. Um, anything like that at all? You know, I think, um, I'm sure that you can get that, but I think it's also like figuring out a way to surround yourself by the right people. So that includes both your customers and then also, you know, the people that you work with on a regular basis. So um, I think respect is a very important thing, but also being able to respect yourself, you know, realize that what you have to bring is just as important as what anybody else has to bring to the table. And I think um, if, if you can't get respect because you're and you're giving respect, right? If you can't get that back, you might be in the wrong spot. So I think, um, and I think that applies whether you're, you know, I'm at a trade show and the guy decides he wants to be a little, you know, say something that he shouldn't say, you know, or whatever that is. Maybe you're on a call and someone talks a little inappropriately to you, or maybe you're on a Zoom call and I send you a message later. You know, you are oh. your, um, I mean, you just never know, you know, you'll see it all, but I mean, that's part of it, you know, hey, love. respect <laughs> Yeah. Hey, love. Hey, girl, you know, whatever. But you, you control what you're going to allow. So figure out a way to set those boundaries and tell them, you know, how, how it's going to be. And I think that if you do that, that you'll end up in the right spot. Nice. Nice. There it is. You, you gotta know who you are and where you are and where you ought to be. Um, have, you don't have to answer this. You don't want to have you experienced anything like that before? Oh, for sure. You're going to. <laughs> That's just it. So, I mean, the reality is that's the world in which we still live in. And so until yeah. that is fixed one day, um, it will continue to be there. So just realize that you have a plan in place, you know, for whatever happens. Um, and then just, I think you just make it very clear, just, you know, what your expectations are. And I don't mean, like, I think this is just in the way that you handle yourself, the way you talk um, with someone, the way that you interact with them. I mean, I think all those things, I think you show them what you're going to stand for. Um, and then every now and then you're going to have a, you know, an off the wall comment. But what I found is when you kind of set those boundaries and you only set yourself in certain positions, I think that what you'll find is that you, you won't have experience it quite as much as you might would think. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about that. Um, <clears throat> Chris, I remember during like my first gig, uh, SDR roll uh, 2018, whatever, you know, they would have from time to time the board meeting. And when the board meeting happens, you know, all the board of directors and advisors will come in uh, in a nice see-through glass and long table. And I would always notice one thing I talked to my coworker to before too. Uh, majority of the time, like nine out of 10, like it's just all males, you know, like what, what are a few things we can do today to change that? Yeah, that's a great, great question. You know, I think um, I really would say, I think that everybody has something to bring to the table. And I think, I feel like now we're doing a much better job of realizing that. Um, but I also think that there's plenty of room for growth. And so 
find who's doing behavior. I really, I believe everybody has something to bring to the table. And because of that, why don't you find the behaviors that you think that you might potentially be missing in those seats, right? You know, is it, do you need more empathy? Do you need more, you know, relationship building? What, what is it exactly that you feel like your team could be missing? And then is there a way that you could fill that role within, with someone within your organization or outside your organization who's doing it really well? I very much believe that you go back and find the people who, who are doing it the right way. And I think that what you'll find is there's plenty of women out there if you look. And so, you know, just be willing to consider that, um, that everybody has something to bring. Nice, nice, nice. There it is. Just keeping in that mind, right? Like, Everyone has something to bring it to the table. If you want a seat at the table, you have to bring something to the table. Okay. Exactly. Love it, love it, love it. All right. So, Chris, just to wrap things up here, um, is, is there any special thanks you'd like to give to anyone to, you know, where you get, that helped you where you got where today or? You know, I told you, I think one of the most important things is find, find who's doing it right. <laughs> and actually you had on your podcast, um, someone who's been instrumental in changing the way I think about a lot of things. And his name's Larry Long Jr. Oh, <laughs> the best. Love, yeah, boy. The best. That's my man. That's my man. Yeah. You know, his energy level off charts, you know, yeah. the, the motivation, inspiration, the way he thinks. Um, I love it. Like, it's just groundbreaking. I think that, you know, we need more of that. So channel that energy. Who does he surround himself with? What does he like to do? I think that if you want to find, so my takeaway for anybody is find those people who inspire you, who motivate you, who push you. You know, in following, I found Larry about, well, I guess it's over a year, a year ago now. I attended this flip the script tour he did with Beck Hall and Josh Braun. Um, and a host of other panelists, and it was fantastic. I highly recommend you check out Beck Holland. If you're, if you're going through anything, you're trying oh, to yeah. figure out, you know, how you reach out like to different people along the way, like her scripts are incredible. Just do it. It's well worth your time. Um, but, you know, Larry at that particular conference said the difference between contracts and contacts is R. It's the relationship. Oh, yeah. And I said, it was like a mic drop moment, you know, it was, it really just stuck with me and fast forward about a month later, he was doing a podcast called tell me something good with Steve Noodleberg and um, Steve on that particular call, I found out that's where Larry borrowed that line from was from Steve. And so for me, I think find those people, who are those people who inspire you, who motivate you, who push you. And, you know, ever since I've been following Steve, Steve and his son, Mark, they have this uh, Noodleberg Daily Huddle. It's every, I think it's Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. It's fantastic. If you want information, DM me. I will totally, you know, send you that way. It is by far one of the most incredible things that, you know, that they put out there. It's just personal and professional development. It's funny, but they're sales coaches. They push you, you know, how do you get better? And guess what? They're huge relationship people. If you don't start a relationship first, you're not going to get to have a conversation about sales. And so, you know, that's how it works. And that's what their teachings are. And I think for me, it's been instrumental in changing the way that I think about everything from the energy level that Larry, Larry Long Jr. brings 
to him, you know, sharing with me this other person who's like lying meant something to me. You no, know? like that's the difference, right? If you want to build, if you want to sign more contracts, you have to have more relationships. It's about the people oh, you know. So find good people, put them in your life. And if you don't know them, start searching because I didn't know them. Hashtag money. If that wasn't the price of admission, I don't know what it is. You know, you just hit the nail on the head. Larry Long Jr. Right. Fantastic guy. Big fan here. We ran an episode with him too. And you're absolutely right. His energy, his vibe, the way how he's organic and at the same time knows how to have fun. All yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Back Holland, flip the script and, you know, gotta hop on the 8 a.m. huddle. You guys want that lick uh, hit up by girl, Carissa. Uh, sure. Carissa, uh, so just one last final question before we wrap up to ask how um, best to reach out to you. Okay. Yeah. You... Best way to reach me? Yeah. Shoot me, shoot, click with me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I think it's a fantastic platform. Don't try to connect and pitch me. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, please reach out. Tell me, why do you want to connect with me? And let's figure out if we can have a conversation. My other favorite thing to do, and I highly recommend it to everybody, have virtual coffees. If you don't know what one is, basically it's having a connection over like a video chat. And you know what? The best piece of advice I can give you is have no expectations for that call. And what you will find is you're going to meet the most incredible people who have experiences all across the board and life's going to get, it's going to get different. It's going to get better. Oh my goodness. There it is. You just hit the nail on the head. You just hit the nail on the head. Um, I was just going to ask you like, what would you give that advice? And you just do it out there and we love it. Thank you again so much. Uh, Krista, Thank you again so much for coming on the One Up Sales Development Podcast to share your story and let others know if you can do it, so can they, and learn how to build emo- uh, relationship with emotions. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. What you're doing is incredible. Please keep up the good work. It's been awesome. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate you.